If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. It's March 29th, 2022. That means one quarter of 2022 is over already. Uh, this is again episode 537. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by the usual crew. Hello, Miranda Sanchez. Hi, hello. Hi, Stella Chung. Hello. I'm very pink today. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks it's it's a good balance, you know. I've got gray, Miranda's little we've got black, Destin's gone to plaid with with the green background. It all kind of <laughs> works together. So yeah. Destin Legary, how are you, my friend? Bam! Hey everybody, let's get this show started. Some cool, interesting. Xbox thing, sort of. Mostly Grand Theft Auto this week, but yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, well, we don't have any new Xbox Game Pass tiers to talk about like our friends <laughs> over on Beyond do. So if you want to hear about their, what the thoughts on that whole thing, tune into PlayStation Beyond this week. But uh, yeah, I want to start by just mentioning, I hope everybody enjoyed our interview with Andrew Shuldice, the primary principal creator of Tunic last week. Uh, I've had a great time talking to him. I. I always love talking to game developers. It's why I built a show around it at IGN. Uh, and boy, and I don't know about you guys. Andrew is uh, definitely one of the most humble people that we've had on. I feel like that it's like he refused to take credit for anything, even though he did like 90% of the work, which is, you know, a very uh, endearing quality. But man, Tunic is good. Again, go play Tunic on Game Pass if you have not already given it a try. Uh by the way, I was in New York for the weekend at seeing Book of Mormon, and uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's so good. Was it your Story. first? Was it your first time seeing it, Ryan? Yeah, the times it had come to San Francisco, uh, it had sold out like instantaneously, and I, I'd never got tickets. And uh, I'll tell you a little secret. I, I'm, I'm totally name dropping right now, but when I interviewed Matt Stone and Trey Parker back for South Park Stick of Truth, I guess it would have been. I had mentioned, oh, you know, it's like been watching South Park since the beginning and looking forward to seeing the Book of Mormon at some point. And they were like, they go, see it in New York. See it, in, see it with the New York cast. <laughs> so, so I just filed that away in the back of my head. And uh, my wife and I were celebrating our 10th wedding anniversary. So I was like, well, what can I do that would be special? And like, she's wanted to see it too. So I'll book a trip to New York just for the weekend. And uh, it worked out really well. So um, yeah, that was a, uh, the show was worth the wait. It was really, we were just laughing hysterically the whole time. <laughs> Speaking of New York, that's a location that Grand Theft Auto has set itself at various oh, points in its nice. history. Nice segue, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the game behind me, Grand Theft Auto V, is set in the fictional California, so really centered in the Los Santos, aka Los Angeles area. And we'll start there with our big topic this week. Rockstar has announced GTA Plus a new subscription service for Grand Theft Auto Online. It's only for the next-gen versions of the game, interestingly. So Xbox Series X, Series S, and then obviously PS5. And it launches today. 
So I'll tell you a little bit about it. And then I want to go around the room here because this is uh, I was not expecting this. And I want to see what everybody's thinking here. GTA Plus will cost six bucks a month and provide subscribers with a recurring monthly bank deposit of five hundred thousand in-game dollars, ensuring players have plenty of cash to spend in the online open world. There will also be a wide range of members-only bonuses, including exclusive properties, vehicles, upgrades, discount, and cash and RP bonuses. Rockstar also mentions that there will be the ability to unlock gameplay updates that you might have missed out on, so uh, suggesting that they'll bring back limited-time content through this. Uh, So we could dig in a little more, but let me go around the room. Destin, your thoughts on this at first. I mean. A reminder that Grand Theft Auto Online is nine years old, almost. And uh, I mean, of course, yes, it's new for for GTA, for Series X, but this is a a service that's been around for quite a while. And and now here we go with a paid uh, option. What do you think? Every single year, I ask myself, how can I give Rockstar more money this year? So I'm incredibly happy that... GTA Plus is here, so I can now just pay the monthly for things that I don't really want or need. <laughs> uh, like it's it's just like they just did the third release of Grand Theft Auto, right? Yeah, third third or generation, fourth? yeah. So third generation release, three sixty Xbox One, and now here we go again with the Series X. And now they an- they announced this subscription type service, which I guess if you play GTA Online, maybe it's something you're interested in. Though I have to imagine that doing the heist probably nets you plenty of cash still. Um, Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I'm not like, whatever. I'm not going to pay for this. (laughs) In all seriousness, I don't like it. Rockstar has not been doing a lot to earn good faith in my opinion lately between what they did with the re-release of the old games and now charging a monthly fee to get these credits and these other perks basically, which by the way, PlayStation has been getting like a million credits every month as part of for a I little while, was, right? As part of their marketing Plus. deal. Yeah. It's a temporary thing. Yeah. So now you can pay to continue that. Um, not a huge fan. I'd love to hear from the commenters. Like if you're a GTA online player, it's what nine years old, Ryan, are yeah. you subscribing to this or no? And if you are, why? And if you are not, why not? But Destin, all right, so to be fair, it, you are not an active GTA Online player. Is that fair to I, say? I'll hop online if something's enticing to me enough. Yeah. Like, I love the heists, actually. The heists were a lot of fun when those came out. I hopped on for the casino event. And then I know there was the Dr. Dre stuff, which we have the entire you know playthrough of live. But uh, I haven't hopped on and played that one yet. But, I mean, it's free, so you can hop on and experience all those things. But no, I'm, I'm by no means am I a regular player. Stella, how about you? Your thoughts on this? Is this uh, <clears throat> is this for you? Do you if you were a regular player, would this be appealing to you? Uh, I mean, yeah, but I feel like at this point, a lot of people who do regularly play this already have enough cash in the game, right? And have already established uh, all their stuff, like all of their um, apartments, all of their uh, what is it, vehicles and things. So I feel like it's. I feel like this is late. I feel, if this had come out maybe like a month or two, even three months after the game had originally released, this would be great because I often felt like I was really behind on online stuff. And maybe this is good for people who maybe they think that this is good for like bringing people back, especially with the uh, remastered version coming out. But it's like I don't nec- I don't see a need for it at the moment. I feel like it's late. Um, and yeah, I, I a lot of this. <sighs> The way that they are facing the monetary value on this kind of feels a little bit greedy, uh, especially since I know that they are not actively supporting um, Red Dead Redemption 2 online, which does really well. But the fact that they are not actually like moderating or or uh, providing support for it is kind of frustrating. And we see all of this stuff coming to GTA 5. Um, And actually, I want to share an experience that I have on uh, Red Dead Online where I actively cannot play the game because there is a hacker that is constantly, every time I go online, he gets a ping and uh, whitelists me from any server that I try to log into. And I've reported this and I've gotten no feedback on it. And so Rockstar is kind of not doing well for me. Like, in my opinion, I feel like they're dropping the ball on a lot of stuff and they're not listening to the community. So that's kind of, this This does not help that, <laughs> in my opinion. Boy, that's, 
That's a that's a shame. That's uh, yeah. You're being actively trolled to the point of not being able to play the game. That's terrible. Yeah, I like I love I love their online games, but I just I can't play uh, Red Dead Online, which was um, a great chill game to play with friends. Like, there's so much you can do. Um, I used to love GTA Online as well, but then like hackers also took over, and I don't know if they've really alleviated that issue in uh, GTA Online either. Miranda, where are you with this? So I'm, I think, maybe an outlier in that I don't necessarily mind monthly options to, say, boost your options for play. Um, so I do play a lot of free-to-play games, so I'm really big in Genshin Impact and stuff, and that has like its own weird monthly battle pass, which essentially just boils down into, do you want extra resources for leveling up and stuff? Sure you do. It's free, or you can pay to have more of that. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I do need that, and I'm investing a lot of time. Um, the thing that's curious to me, and I think telling about their audience intended for this subscription, is uh, that it's only for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. So that's a very limited, very focused part of this audience. So I think what they're trying to do is exactly still as you're sort of saying, trying to get something in place for people to catch up. So if you don't have a lot of properties, if you don't have a lot of um, items, if you don't have a lot of money, and yes, you can learn stuff from heist, but if you just want to jump in and have the option to get things going, this is a way for you to, if you don't have the time to put in, you can at least, you can invest money. Cause like that's the trade off a lot of times with free to play stuff, right? It's like, okay, I have money, but I don't have the time to sit and grind through these things and I want to play and I want to enjoy it. So I'll, I'll spend $6 to get a little boost or something uh, versus people who have the time, but maybe don't want to invest the money and can spend the time to grind to get um, these activities done or whatever it may be. Uh, I think, again, another very big telling point of this is that uh, they're going to unlock gameplay updates that people potentially missed out on previously. Uh, I don't like that that's essentially locked behind a paywall for people to be able to access former updates or like service or like events. I think that's something you should instead maybe find a different way to celebrate with the community. Be like, hey, you can this we're rerunning this event. But this time, if you've already played, maybe you get like a special thing to go with it rather than sort of punishing people. It's like, oh, well, you missed this. So you have to pay for it now, which I always get a little a little mixed on because it's sad when you miss something that's really cool. and. I suppose it's fine because it is bundled in so many things, but it's it feels a little a little icky. But um, I guess there are like discounts, upgrades, vehicles. Like there's a lot that rolls into this, and I think how much they actually bundle per month for this is going to be the big value proposition for new players. Um, again, kind of more so speaking from the new player side rather than from um, I guess longstanding players. Because as Stella said, I don't see a reason maybe why you would need this as a long long time player, but I mean, and it could be interesting. I don't know. I, I'm not too in this community, but I always find it interesting to see what what people try to, or I guess game companies try to sell as part of like subscriptions or battle passes or what that looks like when you don't have like a tra traditional online game that would, I guess, warrant battle pass mechanics. So like this is the alternative to that in a way. Yeah, I guess this kind of basically is a season pass, right? That's that's. Mm -hmm we boil it down that's that's sort of what it is and i, I think i'm with all of you here uh i do think this is largely for new players because as much as you know we're we're sitting here talking about oh it's a nine-year-old game it's not a nine-year-old game for a lot of people because it's gone on long enough and gta continues to be so huge there are new people coming into this all the time that's why the game continues to be at the top of the sales charts like in the top 10 every month and it's for the, for like almost a decade it's just the staying power of this the longevity of this is unreal and i think yeah it's you all have hit it on the head this is this is targeting what is for now a minuscule portion of of the player base next gen only probably only new players because as you all wisely pointed out veteran players probably have tons of cash in their bank accounts in the game already but Moving forward, you know, as they, as they, uh, as more and more new people come into this, as more and more people buy next gen consoles and buy this game for the first time, not the second or third time like we have, but for the first time, it's it's a way to uh, kind of build some cost certainty. Weirdly, uh, into Rockstar's bottom line, I know that sounds like really corporate and weird and kind of gross of me to say, but. 
you know, I, I almost wonder, I would, I would want to hear from like a regular hardcore GTA online player, like Destin was, was mentioning, do, do those regular hardcore GTA online players spend more than six real world dollars a month in the game as it is? Because if they do, then suddenly this becomes, you know, a, a, a good deal for the people that are putting that kind of time uh, and money into it. Let me so, read here. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Miranda. Oh, sorry. I was looking at our article and I just wanted to say, too, that one of, I think, the appealing things of this that unlike I, I'm hesitant to call it like a battle pass, because the idea of the battle pass, right, is that you have to invest time to progress through it unless True. they have an option to pay for levels or something. And this is not that this is just giving you things like you pay six dollars. Here's a bundle of things you can yeah. get. And I think that is a lot more appealing just because you're automatically guaranteed all these this bundle of things without having to invest too much time whether or not those are actually a good deal is i think my big question exactly to your point right it's like i want to know what other folks think because yes i can understand like you get five hundred thousand dollars and then gta bucks but then like do you really want those shorts that's coming is like there's a car that you can get but then also eventually other people can get it too for purchase. So it's just kind of like that. Is this worth it? And I'm wondering to see if they're going to actually like kind of respond to the community and see how people react to the subscription service and maybe change up what they offer within it. Um, yeah, that's all. And given that it is a monthly subscription, the content will refresh. So the first month of this, which starts today and runs through almost the end of April, April 27th, you're getting the 500,000 in-game GTA dollars. Uh, you're getting the, uh, the supercar, the, I don't know if I'm going to butcher this pronunciation for the, <laughs> so I haven't played long enough to hear and to hear the actual correct way to say this, but the Princi Principe Deviste 8, a supercar that comes uh, with House Special Works Upgrade uh, and the HSW Orange Trip, et cetera, and liveries, custom liveries, the auto shop property in La Mesa, uh, you've got the, uh, it waives the uh, Los Santos car meet membership fees. Yacht owners can upgrade to the Aquarius super yacht at no additional cost. Uh, the Goose Frog Tee and Prolapse Basketball Top and Shorts. So you're just getting, uh, so you're getting clothing, you're getting cars, you're getting property, uh, you're getting liveries, selection of free paints and emblems for the auto shop. Th uh, 3X GTA bucks and RP on House Special Works Racing Series and a 2X car meet rep on the street race series. Uh, and then you'll also be able to purchase members only shark cards that come with extra an extra cash bonus as well. So uh, they're, they're trying to incentivize you as much as uh, they possibly can to, to keep you in there. But yeah, I, I do think, you know, the, the title of this episode is, is this worth it? And I think as usual, it's a nuanced and complicated answer. And I think it might be worth it for new players that get totally hooked on the game, which millions of people have already gotten totally hooked on the game. But uh, yeah, it'll be, to your point, Miranda, it'll be interesting to see how how this evolves uh, month over month and, and what kind of adjustments Rockstar needs to make to it, whether to the content, I imagine that's what would get adjusted first if players like or don't like what's in here. And you know, maybe over time, if the price ends up getting adjusted, as well, uh, depending on how the response is to this. But the point is GTA Online lives on for another entire generation. <laughs> I mean, this GTA 6 won't be out for probably at least three years, at least. Uh, I would guess that's, we've talked about that before. So this is, GTA Online is not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. Uh, and as such, you know, Rockstar's trying to make you, trying to keep you happy and keep you spending money in the game. So we'll see how it goes. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is 
showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the E. That's nordvpn.com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Goes. Next up this week, Games for Gold for April. Uh, The question here is, which of these games are you super familiar with? There's a couple that I'm not and a couple that I am. So Games with Gold for April, you have Another site that's all month long. You have a game called Hue, H-U-E, which I confess I'm not familiar with. That's from the middle of the month to the middle of May. You have Outpost Coloki X. That is a throwback to the early Xbox Live Arcade days on the 360. That will be available the first half of the month. And then you have MX versus ATV Alive. That's a long-running uh, off-road you know, racing series with dirt bikes and quads. That will be running for the second half of April. Uh, Stella, any of these jumping out at you? Is is Games with Gold even something you pay attention to anymore? Um, Honestly, not a whole lot, but we're seeing gameplay for Hue, right? Mm -hmm. This looks really cute. I mean, I would check this out. So I just finished Elden Ring. So now I have this like emptiness in my soul. So I'm currently looking to fill it with another like single player game. So uh, anything that's not that won't take me 89 hours to beat, which is how long it took for me to beat Elden Ring with side bosses and everything. uh, I'm totally good with. So yeah, all this stuff. I mean, it looks, Hugh looks really cute. I love puzzle games. So I'd be down with that, but I also still need to play Tunic. So there's that. Yes, you do. (laughs) Uh, Miranda, how about you on the on this batch of games this month? Uh, no. <laughs> Very quickly, <laughs> just short. I don't know. I feel bad because Games of Gold has just felt a lot like an aftersight, or not really, but I guess the games there are a lot less exciting just because we do have Game Pass, and I appreciate that they keep it going. And I think it's it's very focused, kind of discoverable games, but also at the end of the day, I'm still playing Elden Ring, so not not for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I have to say I'm with you. I have not even given games with gold a thought really for a while. And I'd be, I'd be curious if that's, you know, unique to us or if the wider, I mean, clearly Microsoft, they they know how many downloads of each of these that they get from gold members. So there's enough, they're seeing enough to keep this going, but Destin, uh, any of these jump out at you good or bad? Not particularly, but here's here's the thing about the games that we're looking at right now. They're smaller games. It gives a chance for smaller developers to shine and be yeah. exposed to a wider audience. They recent they recently put out some statistics during GDC actually about their numbers of interactions on services like this, and it's like a fifteen times 
increase about the eyes about the eyes that actually see the game when it comes to game pass so i have to imagine when it comes to games for gold you're also seeing that tail end you know you got the bell curve when a game comes out you can't see me but a bell curve and then kind of kind of like tapers off but the thing is that taper at the end would be slower if your game were to come to something like this so i'm happy that games that are more unique like this games that honestly i hadn't heard about until now are getting a time to shine so that is one positive thing to come of it even if it's not necessarily for us uh and yeah another site looks like it was built for miranda yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is right up your alley, Miranda. You got to be downloading this, playing this ASAP, right? Uh, for those who are not watching, uh, there is just a game that looks like a little bit of a platform adventure game on another site. There's just this blonde girl with a cat running around, and it's like, I, I have a fluffy cat like that. She's in my lap. It's great. And yeah, Hugh, Hugh looks cool, too. Hugh's got a little, you know, there's, there's a little limbo vibe to this, certainly. I'm sure there's some inspiration there, so, yeah. Uh, and yeah, Outpost Colloquy X, that is, that is a uh, strategy game, as I recall, from way, way back. Yeah, there it is. Now, this is, this, this might oh, have wow. even been a, a launch Whoa. title. This might have been from really? the beginning. Hold on. I got, I got to look it up now because we're, it, <laughs> again, audio listeners, we're, we're actually watching the trailer for Games with Gold. So it's running through all four of these <laughs> games. Um, and yeah, Outpost Colloquy X, I mean, that was, let's see here. Let's see if my memory is correct or not. It may very well not be. Oh, no. Well, well, it's showing. No, it can't have first come out in 2004. The 360 wasn't out yet. Oh, it came out for Windows first. Okay. And yeah, November 22nd, 2005. So yes, it was a day one launch title. Wow. For the Xbox wow. 360. I do um, like seeing these 360 games. Like just the graphics are just charming and nostalgic. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yes. Could not agree more. It's a fun, fun reach back into the time, uh, the time stream to the, the early days of the 360. So if any of those sound appealing, you can grab them with your gold subscription on Xbox here in the month of April. Destin, uh, should we talk some cloud gaming next? Yeah, uh, there were actually a few things during GDC. I probably should have given you a heads up before we went into the show. But Kim <laughs> Swift actually talked about uh, the new brands that she's building up, right? Uh, they're building up a new division that wants to work with studios to develop cloud native titles to bring them exclusively to the Xbox ecosystem. And she actually went into a little bit more detail about how the cloud could be utilized to do more interesting things. Because right now we think about streaming games using the cloud, right? Yeah. And she sort of talked about how maybe it can be used in the background to help process things like uh, the AI systems, machine learning, natural language processing, and reinforcement learning to increase the ability to create content and improve the believability of non-player characters, NPCs and games. And of course, later on cloud compute, cloud computing. Phil Spencer did talk about his, I don't remember the way he uh, phrased it, but it was like um, uh, visions for the future is like plan one, phase one, phase two, phase three. And I have to imagine that this using the power of the Azure clouds and such is a longer term plan. So a question for the panel would be if they are able to leverage this technology, what would you be most excited to see improve if the processing power of the console could be lessened by having that, those processes done in the cloud? Can I give what the answer that that else, can I steal Destin's answer? (laughs) Which one? (laughs) <laughs> the first thing I'm thinking of is Crackdown <laughs> with, cl- right? yeah. with the cloud-based destruction that, that so, we were promised. And, and But in all seriousness, like, if that dream can finally become a reality, uh, you know, however many years later, but with the improving technology, like, that, I would love to see that. An open world that can be, that has the physics of, you know, that has, just has this crazy physics engine driving it that's that's cloud-based i'd be i'd love to see that yeah and it's it's really interesting to me because kim swift helped develop google stadia and then xbox basically poached her right google largely seems like they've sort of given up on it but microsoft has just been doing this longer so i do think that they have a chance with things like azure which by the way allow people to have full development suites basically 
accessible through the cloud. So you can just be on your laptop, but you have access to a very, very powerful computer so that you can design games. And that's another one of the additional features that could be added to all of this stuff. So the crackdown thing is really cool. We could see the cloud processes in the upper left-hand corner as it was happening. And it was a really, really cool demo, but what we got at the end wasn't quite where it needed to be. So I have to imagine that they've been revisiting this for years and you can see how far they've come with cloud streaming, which just launched something like flight simulator on previous gen consoles, right? Mm -hmm. That's where we're at today. Where we're going to be at in five, 10 years, are those physics computations going to be handled via the cloud, allowing for more things to be done with each game? Miranda, your thoughts on this? What would, is there sort of one aspect you'd love to see dialed up via the cloud that, that would make your favorite kind of games better? So one thing that I really like about this is how it's framed as essentially taking computing off your system and putting it elsewhere. So it's like, how can we do this thing elsewhere to make your thing more powerful? Because you have essentially a helping hand in the cloud. Um, I think just generally interactivity and stability um, to be consistent on multiple platforms. So I do like that you can jump between like your phone or I'm streaming to my iPad or wherever it may be right in the future. And I think there are just a lot of things get lost in the details, like whether that's the fidelity of textures or uh, I specifically think about something like Fallout 4, just because there is this one moment where I kept trying to place a plate on a table because you could like have little homesteads and decorate things. So I was really into that. I was like, I love that I can just go, you know, fight super mutants and come home and make my house look cute uh, in the Fallout sense that cute is you know it's, it's all it's all very dirty and in its own charming way um but a lot of those finer details just kind of quite literally fell through like the, the the plate kept falling through the table i was like why are you not sitting on this so like things like that where you're getting these really big in-depth systems and worlds and like there's just some stability issues that need to be ironed out and i think things like that were that you know things literally falling through the gaps could get fixed. And I think that's something that I would just like to see. And I think it's it's just a that subtle improvement, right? Like it's not, it's not going the distance. And maybe that's very small thinking for me. But I think with these massive open world games we get, there's just so many different systems and functions you can do and a lot of interactivity. And I think to strengthen those to like say add more NPC crowds or whatever it is to make that game feel more alive. And if that can be done with the cloud, that would make a lot of sense to me. And that's what I'd like to see. Stella, how about you? Do you think they could have done something like this for cyberpunk? Because I was thinking about the crowd thing and the crowd was like a huge issue because it first felt really empty when the game first launched. So I wonder if this could have helped with because I know there were also some compatibility issues uh, that kept some people from playing the game. Um, So I wonder if this could have helped take the stress off the game. So I'm I'm thinking about stuff like that now. I'm just like, well, what what could they have done? Also, Elden Ring is a huge open world game, but they did it without this, right? So it's like, well, when does when do you want to use this versus uh, when do you want to like when do you want to incorporate this into your game? So I don't know. I'm I'm curious. This is something that I didn't really think about. Um, just because cloud gaming, I just have not really thought about in in a while. Um, just because I feel like a lot of people don't have the internet stability to be able to stream games. But uh, talking about this, where they want to use. Um, they want to use this in a different way. I'm just like, oh, cool. This is this is a completely different piece of technology I never considered. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just more interested to learn more about it. Yeah, I love the idea that this is being looked at as as like a a way to augment games rather than like a completely new way to make or you know or or unleash them or you know to have them played. It's just. If it, I like it as a complementary technology, like where, you know, you'd still have your core game on your console, but then our consoles are all connected to the internet all the time anyway. So if, if to to your good point, Stella, if the uh, internet infrastructure on a, on a, you know, kind of nationwide and, and ultimately worldwide basis is strong enough, then yeah, let's tap into that and start, start, uh, just quietly pulling down some power from the cloud to, you know, to, to make these gameplay experiences meaningfully better, whether it's through AI or, or just, you know, physics destruction, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I'll I'll be, it is nice to see Microsoft continue to, 
develop with this rather than to your point, Destin, uh, that, that Stadia Google seems to have kind of, I don't know if they've completely given up on it, but they're, uh, they've walked it back. Certainly, obviously, Stadia is not really so much of a thing anymore. And by the way, Kim Swift, uh, it, if, if you've heard the name before, you've been like, wait a second, stay on it. Uh, she's only the one of the original key leads on the first portal. So, you know, she's uh, she's got a very decorated history as a she, as a game developer. She she made a game, Narbacular Drop, which was basically Portal. I played it. It's really that was back when I was going to school for game design. And uh, and they hired her to make Portal. And it was like a really inspirational story for a lot of the my fellow classmates. And, um, you know, she's gone on to work on Left 4 Dead and, and Google Stadia. She really has a Quantum Conundrum a of, was another uh, mm-hmm. sort of first person puzzle game she did that was very good. Yeah, she's made some cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, so Destin, more GDC action, Game Pass. Microsoft uh, had a few like panels and things, and and what's uh, what were they talking about with regard to Game Pass? Yeah, so I was watching a bunch of the GDC presentations this weekend, and some of the stuff that happened included the fact that like yesterday they announced that Game Pass is going to be coming to Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, Thailand, and Vietnam later this year. Uh, that's a Xbox Insider preview that launched, I believe, yesterday. The data shows, according this is to, who is this, Daniel Ahmad, who said um, there's 160 million PC gamers across these markets. Subscription can lower the barrier of entry for premium PC games. So when you're talking about uh, increasing your overall install base like that, that's, that's really, really great news for Microsoft, I guess, who is bringing oh no this. destin's we're, we're like, we may be completely <laughs> okay, losing him at this losing. point oh, yeah oh no <laughs> first we lost the video and now he's <laughs> losing the audio but uh yeah i mean the, the numbers on game pass again i've talked to enough developers where now there's this weird sentiment i think a lot of it's sort of just weirdly fanboy driven and not from xbox fanboys where it's like, game pass can't work developers can't make money you got to support game developers and pay full price like well you can do that no. too. You can do that too. <laughs> oh, hey. I don't you know what happened. Oh, hey. back. Yeah. Uh, ID at Xbox Partners, in terms of revenue, saw a three hundred percent growth from t- from two thousand sixteen. And Sarah Bond shared a bunch of numbers about the growth, and there was also a separate presentation about just how much this contributes to revenue for games. It is in the past they've said Game Pass is sustainable but they really focused on how this benefits developers, right? So Sarah Bond and Game Pass talked about how you don't need to feel restricted to a certain business model when you're actually thinking about the creation of the game. Um, She also talked about how they're stunned. We look at the data over and over again, but consistently, you know, the engagement in a game, when it goes into subscription, goes up eight times above where it was before. And members spend, and this is a quote that has been, floated around a lot of time they spend 50 percent more they play more genres they play more overall games um there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things here a 3.5 times lift of users for big games over 30 days a 15x times 15 times users for id at xbox games over 90 days and there's a 50 50x increase on game spending add-ons and consumables so People who use the service are spending money. So it's really weird that the narrative has been one of concern. And we hear the remarks from Jim Ryan today about how it's not sustainable. So, yeah, that's uh, that's just something I just wanted to touch on just a little bit there, because it's great. It's great to see that it does help. Like when something like Bad Company comes to the service before Game Pass, the 90 day average was 40 percent below where it was with the 90 day average on game pass. So mm-hmm. it's a really, I don't know. It feels like an evolution, like a natural evolution of where we're going. Yeah. I mean, I agree completely. It's uh, you're exposing games to more people and thus you're going to make more money. It's not, not everybody's going to spend money on that game, but more people than are doing it than would have before. And it's, uh, you know, and, and the thing is, it's talked about this a million times. Game Pass, it's a it's a rolling snowball down a hill. You know, it started small, like, oh yeah, well, 
especially back when Microsoft, they were like, well, we're putting all our first party stuff in there day one. And like, well, there isn't any first party stuff, so I don't really care about this. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Over time, <laughs> stuff starts, games, games start to come out. Things start to get better. They sign these, you know, they get these big third party gets, which we've seen time and again over the last couple of years in particular. And it just grows and grows. And now, you know, it's, uh, you, it's we've reached the point where if you own an Xbox, it's almost, I mean, I, I you know, everybody's situation is different, but it's, it's like you almost assume by default that an Xbox owner has Game Pass. That's obviously not actually true. But the value is so good where you just kind of think, oh, well, yeah, you get you want to have Game Pass with that and it's easy to recommend. So uh, it's it's and it's only getting crazier as as the the Activision stuff, the Blizzard stuff will come online more Bethesda stuff. I mean, we've now just one little minor data point uh, with the release of Ghostwire Tokyo, the, the deals with Sony but between Bethesda and Sony prior to the Microsoft acquisition are, as far as we know, all over with. Unless they've got something that we don't know about with, like, Indiana Jones the from Machine Games. There's a possibility that that's the case. I guess we'll find out. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear more about that at E3 this year. But as far as we know, all that stuff's done, and now it's all, you know, it's all just full steam ahead with Microsoft and Bethesda together. No other outside business arrangements. And so you're going to see the full might of Bethesda rolling into Game Pass as well. So it's just, it it keeps going. And, uh, and people forget that you get a discount if you end up purchasing the games with Game Pass. I feel like I'm being a salesman now, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it is good yeah, to remind you, people because it's not, people, I feel people, like it's not messaged very well by Microsoft necessarily. People act like you just like can't buy games if you're subscribed to Game Pass. That's not true. You still have all of your options available to you. You can still buy games outright and many users do while also being subscribed to Game Pass. The bonus is Game Pass does give you a discount. So if you play a game for a little bit and you're like, I just want to own this forever, you can buy it at a, a, at a pretty good discount. I think it's 20%. 20%, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. So that's great in my opinion. <laughs> Miranda, your thoughts here? I do certainly play more games with Game Pass. <laughs> That's all. I, I just like there's just Excuse a lot me. of like Shader Kings like yeah I mean, there's just like a lot of one-off things where it's like oh this is a really cool indie game that I'm gonna play for like 30 40 minutes and then I'll come back to when I just need a refresher and it's just nice to have that option so I mean we've talked about this plenty of times right like it's just it just makes a lot of sense I think especially if you don't have a large game library or like if you have a limited um limited funds to invest every month in games. But also, as you're saying, Ryan, I've, I've definitely heard from a lot of people who are like, you know, I don't have Game Pass because I just don't play that many games. Like, I'm this is I'm going to buy this or pay for this, then I'm not going to use it except for like once or twice the whole year, which it's like, well, maybe that's worth it. Maybe it's not. And it's not. It's also fine. But um, yeah, I, I like to see that it's expanding to other territories because I've, I've definitely talked to people um, around the world and I have like friends around the world and stuff. And then they're just like, Oh yeah, we don't have that yet. And it's like, dang it. I'll get it soon. Cause it's real nice. <laughs> I think part of the reason I found this so notable is cause there's almost like a mystery around game pass. So this is the most data they've ever shared about the service during GDC. <laughs> and it was great to get some clarity about where are people spending money? Where is the revenue generation? And for them to lay it out is clearly, it's like an hour long or, it's 20 minutes long for one of them and 20 minutes for the, the Sarah Bond conversation with Phil Spencer. And it's just really, really nice to hear a little bit more about those details, even if they are like percentages or whatever. But to hear like a 15x increase for ID at Xbox games, that's great. Yeah, well, that, and that that goes back to my long running complaint that ID at Xbox games don't get the the attention from Microsoft themselves with the, with live uh, Xbox live arcade being dead and live arcade Wednesdays where they would used to curate games for on a regular every single week at the same day. And I, that always bugged me and it still kind of bugs me, but it's, it's good to see that game pass does have a net positive effect by, you know, quite a bit 15 times increase in users for ID at Xbox games over, over 90 days. 
You, Stella you know has. I, uh, go ahead, Destin. Sorry, real quick before we go to Stella. I really loved when they did the ID at Xbox presentation and then released demos for every game that was coming to ID at Xbox. I got to experience a whole bunch of stuff that I otherwise when I played like ten <laughs> of those. So like I love it when they do stuff like that. Just talking about cool things yeah. for a second. <laughs> Stella has uh, has Game Pass changed your gaming behavior at all? Yeah, I mean, so I got it. I got Game Pass. Oh my god, when did I get it? I got it a long time ago uh, when it was like doing like the starter deal, like a get um, what is it Xbox Gold for free as well and online and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, this is a great deal. Um, even if I don't play the games that come with it, like everything's wrapped up really nicely. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I got to play Forza because I never would have bought that game myself. And I was like, okay, well, everyone's looking into this. Let, let me, let me see what it's like. Uh, so I could just download it. Right. Cause I had, um, game pass and it was great. I actually ended up really liking that game. Um, also there's other things that you can buy within the game to like support it. If you just want to keep playing it on game pass. Um, I think the part that I like the most about this statement and all of the data that came out is that it does, it makes a lot of sense that game pass would help bring in more audience members to a specific game because again like i never would have played forza but because i had it through game pass i played it and i also streamed it and a lot of people were like whoa this is actually really cool i might get game pass or i might buy this game because i really like what i'm seeing so it's stuff like that that just kind of like they said it lowers the barrier to entry and i love that so much like game should be enjoyed this is why I, I know we're on podcast unlocked and we have you know uh, all the different podcasts but like this is why i think that console wars are stupid like it doesn't matter what you want to play a game on like as long as you get to play it and enjoy it and discuss it with your friends and other people i think that's like the most important thing so this makes me really happy to see yeah you know it, it's it is wonderful to see the smaller games the numbers that these smaller games get a lift but you make a good point about some of those the bigger titles too like you know we would we've pulled our hair out collectively about something like Titanfall 2 coming out at a <laughs> terrible time, getting sandwiched between Battlefield and Call of Duty yes. and just turning into this cult classic instead of a, the, the big mega successful hit that it deserved to be. The opposite end of that spectrum is, to your exact point, is Forza Horizon 5. It's like, yes, it's already a pretty big game. It is a game that's getting marketing attention from Microsoft. So, you know, it's, it's, you can make the case, well, they don't need the help. They've, they're already a big first party title. But... It's a game, it's a series that uh, four and now five, because of Game Pass specifically, so many more people like you have tried it, where it's making the franchise bigger than ever, and deservedly so, because it's a 10 out of 10 video game, won our game of the year, and that's that's a game that a lot of people, without Game Pass, People go, yeah, well, yeah, sure, I've heard it. Uh, great review scores, whatever. But, eh, you know, racing game, whatever. But with Game Pass, you're like, okay, I'll try this. I've heard so many good things. And then, oh, I love, and now it's, oh, I love yeah. Forza Horizon. And, <laughs> and now you're a fan for the next the next uh, version of the game, which, you know, even if you're only playing it on Game Pass, maybe you like it enough where you're going to spend some money on DLC or or something else in there so it's it it's like a rising tide lifts all boats both the, the little boats and the real big boats too and she seemed to allude to the fact that this allows games to be created and experiences to be created that otherwise would not have existed and that is really exciting for me because it means we're gonna get new people pushing genres for we talked about kim swift earlier who created an arbacular drop right and that became portal so what are these these ideas going to become in five, 10 years? Will it set somebody on a whole new career path? So I, I love anything that empowers smaller creators to get their ideas out there. Well, uh, we'll see. We've got a few <laughs> minutes left. I just want to play Grand Theft Auto. It's just it's yeah. been tempting me. It's been running behind me the whole time. Just like, I just want to play it some more. Um, let's do trivia, shall we? Let's get to yeah. that. So uh, I know last week... We did move the needle on our scoring. Let me pull up the checklist. Ah, yes, Miranda. At, no, I getting out can't in front remember. with three points. Destin, two points. Stella, Sorry, one point. because of Twilight. <laughs> Still anybody's game. Uh, it's Again, we're, the, we're only one quarter into the year. A point a month. So, That's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, let's. we got to pick up the pace here, friends. Let's go. Matt S., asks this, which 1990s LucasArts-developed game is not on Game Pass? To the to the point of this conversation 
we were just having about so many things being on Game Pass. So one of these four games that I'm going to list for you is not on Game Pass. Three of them are. Tell me which one isn't. Full Throttle, Grim Fandango, Day of the Tentacle, or Outlaws. Let me go to Stella first on this one. Always me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've never heard of this, so Day of the Tentacle? Okay. <laughs> See? Uh, let's see. I'll go. Well, Mar since Miranda's in the lead, I'll go to Destin next. I'm torn between two different answers. I just realized that I think there are some rights issues with the one that is in my head now. So I'm, oh man, if Miranda picks the other one, I'm going to be so frustrated. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say B, Grim Fandango. I think there are some right issues where that is not on Game Pass. All right, Miranda, the floor is yours. I'm going to say A, Full Throttle. Okay, that's not the one. So. All right. That, I, that well, I thought. That I thought. There was a common thing. So in my brain, like if you guys could see inside my head, it would be me like dragging my fingernails down a chalkboard. <laughs> no! And, oh, no, someone get it. There was a common theme. Nobody got it, by the way. Really? There's a common theme. Uh, three of these games are point, point and click adventures yes. that Tim Schafer was involved mm -hmm. in. All three after the uh, acquisition. Now, Sony originally uh, funded the... They, Sony originally co-published the re-release of these, the remasters, but then they have since come to Game Pass. So, of course, Grim Fandango is... Uh, that is regarded as Tim Schafer's ultimate masterpiece, uh, which I reviewed the remaster of several years Please back. Play it. So good. It's so incredible. Good. Uh, it holds up. Full Throttle is my favorite Tim Schafer game. That's uh, it's also his most financially successful game. It was the one that actually did the best. It's a it's a it's a sort of very you play this very dry witted uh, biker, the leader of a biker gang in this dystopian future, and it's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, and then Day of the Tentacle is very sort of cartoonish. It's a time travel point and click adventure game, which is also phenomenal. So all three of those. I cannot recommend all three of them enough on Game Pass. If you were going to play them in any order, if you said, well, I, I'm interested in those, Ryan, which one should I play first? I'm, <laughs> I would say Full Throttle or Grim Fandango would be. Uh, flip a coin and just assign heads or tails to, to either one. And, uh, they tell and a story if you play them in the right order. So, <laughs> they do not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew for sure Grim Fandango and David Tunkle were on Game Pass. I was yeah. like, I, I don't know about Full... I have no idea what Outlaws is. So I was like, like I don't... It, it was a Western. It was a Western action game back mm. in the days when Westerns weren't a viable thing. And that it was it was a good game that that didn't sell super great, but not Tim Schafer and on yeah. that one. Tim, yeah. Tim was not involved. My intuition I'm, was Outlaws, and I talked myself out of it like a dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's either Full Throttle because I thought maybe that had also like music licensing issues, but I didn't mm. think so. And I was like, ah, but I don't know Outlaws. So, oh, thank you, thank you, Red, for this. There but, it is. Look at this. Oh, wow. Super producer Red, right on yeah. point. What the? With the trailer for Outlaws, which is from like 94, 95. I got to look what? it up now. I wonder if Red um, downloads these. Uh, 97. Or pulls up a browser source. <laughs> yeah, 1997. Yeah. A first-person shooter, and but but it had this cool, you know, kind of animated, uh, you know, sort of cell shading art style to it. Wow! Very good cool. game. Wow, that was like a year or two after I was born. I, oh, <laughs> making me feel old. Oh man! I actually knew it wasn't full throttle because they did a bunch of advertisements when full throttle was added, and I was like the biker. Uh, okay, I definitely missed that's, that. That's but I didn't know about Grim Fandango. At least like we all either. got it to get. Wrong we all got it wrong. <laughs> well, Matt, I, I'd like <laughs> to congratulate. Yeah, good job, Matt, for stumping the entire panel uh, as I was shrieking inside my own brain. I'm sorry, all three of you. Sorry, Ryan. I feel like I let you. I feel like I really let you down. So, I'm just like, you know, it's funny when I when I picked this question today when I was preparing the show, I was like, this is a layup. They're all going to oh. see that three of them are Tim Schafer games. They're going to pick the one that isn't, and we're going to get some points on the so, board. That was here, that was my problem. I was yeah. like, well, I know for sure two of these are on it. And I was like, well, with full throttle, like, is this a joke? Like, is this like one of those gotcha moments? Because yeah. you've never heard of Outlaw, so that's obviously the one that's on Game Pass. And I was like, okay. No. Anyway. Oh my goodness. 
Anyway, uh, Full Throttle is brilliant. Grim Fandango is brilliant. Day of the Tentacle is excellent as well. And Outlaws is very good, but Outlaws you can't play on Game Pass. In fact, Outlaws, I think you'd probably have a hard time playing at all if you tried to play it today because you'd have to... I'm not sure if it's on GOG or what, but uh, Mm. in any case, the other three are on Game Pass. Go play them. Thank you, Matt. And if anybody else out there has a good Xbox trivia question, send it my way. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question, include four multiple choice answers, note the correct one, and don't forget your name and optionally your gamer tag if you'd like that read on the air as well. And with that, it is time to wrap up Unlocked 537. Miranda, got any plugs, anything you're working on that you want uh, people to see? I would like to say that my cat says hello. She's been very active this this I saw you looking. (laughs) Yeah, she's been like howling. I'm like, can you guys hear that? Uh, Anyway, uh... Other than that, we're still plugging away at our Elden Ring guide. We also have Tarantino's Wonderland, of course, Ghost Star of Tokyo, yes. and Kirby. Yes, we're not going to play those. Those are not Xbox games. But we do have guides for this, and I hope you will check them out. And, and the then, Tunic Guide, right? And the Tunic Guide. Yes, we are working hard on that. We have one writer, and she's she's doing her best, and she's doing a great job on robbing a lot of mysteries and working with our team to see what we can identify as the most important things to get up quickly so that you guys can have the help where you need it. Um, and then, as always, I will be on Twitch every evening. I'm playing Eastward right now, which is a pretty cool game. And yeah, that's all. Stella? Um, yeah, I'm just Parallax Stella on all socials. I usually play, well, I just finished Elden Ring. So uh, now I'm going to try to fill the void in my heart with something else. Probably Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderlands. So I'll be doing that tonight. But also this weekend, I am going to be casting for Lenovo Masters uh, South America Apex Tournament. So I'll be doing that Saturday and Sunday. If you guys want to check it out, that is going to be on Lenovo's uh, channel. So, yeah. Excellent. Destin? Yeah, you can check out, I guess, my social stuff is the Destin channel on YouTube for my vlogs. You can order cookies. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If you like cookies, LeGaryBakery.com. Thank you so much to everybody who has tried them. I love seeing your photos. And I've heard a lot of good things. So thank you. I'm really, really glad everybody likes the cookies. Um, yeah. And that's that's all I got. Yeah. If you like <laughs> if you like chocolate chip cookie flavored hockey, oh my pots, God. yeah, because they are the size. They're large. They're enormous. They're large Just cookies. Don't They're ask like a meal. Destin. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask Destin how many calories they are, because I, I look, I can't. Uh, I, have to, <laughs> I have to label them now because of the across the U.S. shipping. We ship across the U.S. Uh, now. And the FDA, you have to have an FDA label, which has the calorie count on my, them. Just don't my look birthday, at it. it my birthday me. is coming up, so. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> you're going to eat your second me. cookie from the one you ordered? I already ate them all. <laughs> oh, really? I couldn't, wait, That's, I couldn't good. Resist. That's good. That's good. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and then as for me, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, IGN wise, I don't even know what I'm up to. Uh, well, we're wrapping up the tomorrow is the last day of our Star Trek Resurgence IGN first. If you speaking of adventure games, Star Trek Resurgence is being made by a team of former Telltale people. Of course, when Telltale, the original incarnation of Telltale, uh, very sadly and tragically was mismanaged into the ground and everybody got laid off. A number of them reformed under in a new studio called Dramatic Labs, and they got the license from Paramount and are making a full-on, uh, you know, Telltale-style Star Trek adventure game, although it's not episodic. It'll just be all one thing. We've been covering it all month long. It's totally my kind of game. It's even set in my favorite Trek era, which is the Next Generation era. So uh, we've, got, we've had coverage on that all month. And in fact, today, we just had an 11-minute gameplay uh, slice. So do check that out if that is of interest. And with oh, that... Yeah. Uh, we are all wrapped up here for Miranda, Stella, Destin. I'm Ryan, along with our super producer, Red. Welcome back, Red. Uh, and Kate, we miss you already. We have, we're just, we're so lucky to have a, a million amazing producers here to produce Unlocked at any given time. But uh, good to have Red back and good to have all of you tuning in. So we will see you all next week. Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna original podcast, Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, has new episodes out now. 
While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children, and in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real, weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes.